What up, my name's Jack Beard, and you're listening to a J Beard Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Training Camp. It's the podcast where three roommates just said, hey, we talk about sports so dang much. Let's just throw it on a podcast, see if anybody listens. Today is a very special episode. A very special episode because we're finally recording on video. Everybody say what's up. What's up? What's up? And you can finally find us on YouTube at The Training Camp Podcast. I know a couple of you out there uh, were really requesting a video version of the podcast. So we put it on and uh, y'all can go listen to us. Make sure you go look check out the link, excuse me, um, in our Instagram at The Training Camp Podcast and go check us out. Griffin. What's going on, man? Introduce our special guests. What is up, boys? Good to be back for another podcast, another week. Coming at you a day late, but we're here. Episode, episode five. Episode five, man. We're rolling along. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. What's up to all you people watching on YouTube, all you dedicated fans? We appreciate it. Yeah, we got Pink Whitney's in, boys, as you mentioned, Beard. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's this pink lemonade-flavored vodka that we're all super excited about. Um it was supposed to come out September 1st, but we finally got it last week. A little bit of a delay. And it's special. It's special. Our hockey friends over at Barstool Sports, Spittin' Chicklets, were developing this vodka for a long time. And if you guys follow uh, Barstool or Spittin' Chicklets, you guys know what we're talking about. We picked up, geez, what is it, like six bottles? We each got three, so we got nine. We each got three, so we got nine yeah. bottles. We're not sure if it's going to be a temporary thing or a permanent thing, so we so went ahead we had and to picked stock up. up. Yeah, so we stocked up. It's not like we're going crazy. We're just making sure we have some to last. The the day uh, University Liquors in Knoxville finally got it, uh, me and Jack drove over there, uh, walked in, and they said, oh, look, the Pink Whitney's boys are here. Well, we walked in and we saw the black cases and we're like, oh, no, shit, Will, I don't think they're here. And then we just saw them in the back and we're like, oh, yes. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> they, they all know because we've been bothering them about it go. for a while now. Uh, we've been calling, stopping by. Will, uh, or Griff, hand me the box. Keep on going. So we, we were the first ones to buy it from them. They referred to us as the Pink Whitney's boys. So shout out. It's amazing. Um, we like it with club soda and ice or just ice and we're just let straight it melt up. a little. We're still experimenting. It was actually funny because they recognized y'all when y'all walked in, and then I went like 30 minutes after y'all to get one, and I walked in and said, they said, oh, your boys have already been here this morning. (laughs) (laughs) We were the only three that had bought it that day so far. And that's weird because we don't go in there all that often. No. No, we just annoyed them so much about it. (laughs) Yeah, we're like, hey, do you have them? Do you have them? Do you have them? (laughs) Yeah. We cleared out nine handles by 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, something like that. Yeah, I mean, we just... (laughs) and, And guys... For those of you at home, I'm going to pull it out right here. You guys can go check us out on YouTube at The Training Camp Podcast. Uh, the bottle is sick. I don't know if you guys can see it much on YouTube. I'm sorry if the, if the quality is bad, but uh, the bottle is sick. I mean, the Spit and Chicklets guys did a great great job designing it, and especially, like, it's a pink lemonade-flavored vodka made by hockey guys. Like, that's, that's to- so odd to me. I know. I feel like we... I've gotten made fun of people saying it's a girl drink and all that stuff. But like, man, it's it's good. <laughs> and Hockey Boys created it, so it's definitely it's for for men and women, all all flavors out there. And really not having to mix it that much, like you're still you're. I would say what after one glass, you're still you're starting to feel it. Like it's <laughs> it, it's a great design, and I think it's goal accomplished for them. We love it. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, again, uh, we're recording this on YouTube, and I've plugged it like three times already, but go check out our Instagram at The Training Camp Podcast, and you can check us out. Uh, the video link will be on YouTube. And this is just a learning week for us. Uh, we don't know if the quality is going to be all that great. I'll know when I put it in the edit later on this week and get it up. 
but uh, leave us some feedback. Uh, please, please, please rate us on Apple and Spotify. And if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a like. That's how I'll know that our production value is there. Or just leave us a comment. Say, hey, man, like zoom in a little. Or, hey, man, couldn't really see that. Right. Just leave us the comments, yeah? And if you prefer to w- listen to it, I'd still urge you to go check out at least one video, see the setup. We've, it's a work in progress. We think it looks cool. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. Well, we're going to dive right on in here into the sports, starting off on Saturday's game, noon at the Swamp. Falls taking on the Gators. Uh, wow. <laughs> if somebody want to start it off, I can't. I think the score, what was it, 34 to 3, 34 I think. Three. I'll just put yeah. that out there. But I think that's exactly why Beard and I did not want to make our predictions last week. We didn't make vault predictions for score, but. <laughs> Willingly. Yeah, because we knew it was going to be something like that. So, um, I mean, I don't really have much to say. I don't think any, it was a surprise to anyone. Um, Will, were you surprised? or? I was not surprised. I think I think we started out all right. Um it was just it was bad. First play, or first big play of the game, that deep ball. Nigel's not even looking up. If he looks up, we pick it off. First drive of the game, momentum's in our pocket, and it just went downhill from there. Really. Here's something that I thought was interesting: is that uh, I thought for once our O line actually improved a lot. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, and let me let me go on with this. I think this exposes JG even more. I think all of the all of the critics were like, "Man, well, he doesn't even have a pocket to throw out of." And now I think he got like, you know, he got enough uh, a time in that pocket, and especially that throw to uh, Wood Anderson. Oh, God bless, God, man. <laughs> well, I mean, he like he threw that ball way behind him, had a clean pocket, no DB in sight, just aired it out. I mean, that was an eighty-yard touchdown if he completed that. Yeah. Uh, there was a tweet that said nine out of ten high school quarterbacks should have hit that. Maybe eight out of ten, but still, that's there's no excuse. I there. think I could have made that. I, I was going to say I have confidence all three of us could have made that, that through. He, Even you he probably will, had yes. ten yards on every side of him, and he flew him horribly. Which, which begs the question, uh, put me and JG up on those uh, football-throwing machines at Dave & Buster's, I think I'd win. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, um, while we're on the subject about quarterback, I think – Mauer, I know he missed a few throws, but he's a true freshman being put in the middle of a game against Florida. Um, I'd say it's I'd say it's Mauer time. We got a mailbag question about it um, from my friend Tristan, and we'll go into it. We'll we'll hit a mailbag early. What pull it pull right, it up? He said we'll figure out what uh, what old, is it? Uh, Tristan Pisacani? No, 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 no. Oh man, shout out Tristan Tristan Pisacani. It's a uh, Tristan hey. from Richland this summer. Okay, uh, shout out Tristan one of my from Richland. Um, he said, "Is it time for Garantano to take a seat for good after last after last game?" Mm. And I said, "I would think personally. I think Mauer looks good. Mauer wants to throw the ball. Mauer yeah. Mauer's legs extend plays, which behind our inconsistent O line is amazing. Yeah, I know he missed some easy throws, but JG misses easy throws every day of the week. Um, yeah, bump. Yeah, I mean, I hate being so negative about the Vols because we all go to school here. Like, we're all diehard Vols fans, and I hate ragging on them. We're really not trying to rag on them. We're just trying to give our unbiased opinions. But, no, so true. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I feel like we it's been three years of Garantano now. We know what he's going to be. He only has one year left after this season. If Maurer's the future, I mean, let him play now. We've already burned his – it's not like he's going to redshirt this year, so might as well get him the experience this year. We know what Garantano is going to be going forward, and he's probably not going to be it. Um, we don't know if Has Mauer's he burned his redshirt? Is it, is, is it 
past three games or four games? Who? They actually didn't. The, the new rule about that. The Can you play four games? You can play four games, yeah. Okay. You can play bad, four then. games and not burn, burn his red shirt, which means that he can play up to – I guess he's done now because bye weeks count in that. I okay. believe so. I think it's up to week four. Oh, is it up to week no, four? No, no, no. Yeah. You could because Jalen Hurts last year, you can appear in four games. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that's something you have to consider then yeah. too. If you want to play Mauer the rest of the season, that'll right. Burn but it's like with Harrison Bailey coming in next year, what's to lose by giving Mauer a chance for the rest of the season? Like we we know JG's potential. It's not I there. See what you're saying there's well, nothing to lose. And to be honest, if Mauer shows out for the rest of the season, uh, it's not like he's gonna get. It's not like JG's going to get another chance, too, like no, no. for his redshirt senior year. No way. Um, I mean, I assume if Maurer, they come out and say, even this week or whenever, if they come out and say Maurer's the starter, I'm assuming JG will transfer for next year. Um, <laughs> and so go she- where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably somewhere smaller. Again, I like hate ragging on him, but I think he's just – I don't just don't think it's there with him. Coastal um, Carolina, if you need a quarterback. A smaller school for sure, <laughs> yeah. yeah but let him go play in a league. Furman. In a, in a league that's like – the Pac-12 or the Big 12, something like – not a, one of the big schools, but one of the smaller schools, and let him see high offense schools where you don't have to – the defense isn't that great and see what he can do, which maybe is more than what he can do in the SEC. But I would say it's time for Maurer. See what he – let's know what he is before Harrison Bailey comes in and we throw him to the dogs as a true freshman. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't want to get too hyped up on Maurer too because I know he made some good throws, but he made some really risky throws into some triple coverages and – not that much playing time, so I don't want to get too hyped up on anyone, but I just assume. And also, uh, our friend Kyle brought up a good point. Dobbs, who is the best quarterback to come through Tennessee since, I don't know. T. T, Eric Ainge, maybe. Yeah, in a while, yeah. In a while. And he was saying that his first game was against Bama. Now we got clapped, but, like, he came in in a big game. He did, and he played well. And he I played mean, decently well. That yeah. was when we – he was actually brought some excitement because – Worley couldn't run at all, and then Dobbs came in and was running around yeah. everywhere, so it brought some excitement to the game. Uh, it's it's funny. I think that when I hear Worley's name, I think he's so much older than Dobbs. But really, <laughs> he like, came in. It's a gunslinger right there. Exactly, man. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and this is tough because I always tell this to Griffin. Whenever I'm watching either the Titans or the Vols, and, I, and then I like their game's over, and then other games start up, I'm like, it doesn't even feel like the Vols even play in the same division, in the same conference. Yeah, you do bring that up a lot. I mean, a good point. But, I mean, think about the SEC overall. What are, what are we seeing from, like, Bama kicked the shit out of Southern Miss, Southern Miss this Southern year? Miss, yeah. yeah. Kicked the shit out of Southern Miss. Not like they're any good, but, I mean, they handed it to them. Georgia obviously won. That uh, was a cool game. That was a very cool game. Georgia-Notre Dame. Talk to me. I, I just thought, I mean, I texted my uncle when I was watching the pregame because I know he went there um, – to Notre Dame. To Georgia. That's right. Um, yeah. And it was in Athens, Georgia-Notre Dame, top 10 matchup. Did you guys see, while the team's running out, I mean, they it's a night game. All the fans turned on their flashlights. Yeah, and the marching the, band was on the, on the field. Yeah, marching band was on the field. They turned off the stadium lights. And then, oh, I did see that. It was all like I'd never seen yeah, that in my life. Yes, and it was like going around. Yes, yes. And it's like these red lights flashing with everyone's cell phone yeah. light on as the team's running into the stadium. I just thought it was and it, smoke's dude, it's kind of like what we do for basketball. Yeah. What Tennessee yes. does for basketball, very much like that, but with 
four times as many people in an outdoor stadium at night. That's I thought it was so awesome. Sick, I dude. thought it was kind of, that video was kind of funny because it looked like a marching band member like whipped out their phone like <laughs> while they're on the field <laughs> and filmed it. With yeah, everybody. yeah. But dude, that'd be that would be sick. Um, the only problem is we need a uh, we need a good team in order to do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, if we do that and Georgia comes in here and dog walks us, they're gonna that'll be the highlight of everybody's night. Did y'all see that? Um, actually, I showed it to you just not an hour ago, but it was like um. The last twenty-four games of all of the SEC, oh, yeah. and it was like Bama is twenty-two and two, and Tennessee is second to last at seven and seventeen in the our last, last 24, twenty-four games. games. The Jeez. only team that has a, have it worse, Arkansas, and they're like four and nineteen. Is that good I, math? I think four they're, and eighteen. Were they four, four and twenty-three? How many games was it? 24? Yeah, it's 4 and 20? 4 and 20. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, math. Math. Uh, it's, it's tough for us here on the Training Camp Podcast. Yo, yeah. But Tennessee, worst, uh, second worst team in the SEC in the last 24 games. That's two Brutal. years. That's two years. Brutal, but not surprising. But, I mean, then again, I mean, that's all of, that's all Pruitt era, yeah? And like the end of, yeah. in the end of Butch. I mean. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I guess it's a little leftover Butch and then probably a little of the a year and a half of Pruitt. The interim. Who was the interim after Butch? Brady Hoke. Yeah. yeah. He coached a few games. <laughs> He's in there. Oh, that dude, that was that uh that was that LSU downpour. You remember that? Yes. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> the monsoon and then like half the stadium lights went out. Yeah. They, they played yeah. when it rains it pours when it was literally Yeah. Uh, you pouring. couldn't see <laughs> no, you I couldn't know. see straight. If you guys uh if you guys were at that LSU game comments on our last picture on the training camp podcast at the training camp podcast and tell us like how much water was in your boots afterwards i remember we walked back to the car and we're like we're like squishing and squashing like all the way to the parking garage and then we took off our boots and like i'm not even joking like a cup of water came out oh yeah not a measuring cup like 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 will's glass like where you you could pour it out were you wearing your uh Duck boots? Yeah, I was wearing yeah, okay. duck boots. I took mine yeah. off because my feet were so wet. I was standing, <laughs> me, me and Kyle were standing in the stadium barefoot, just was, soaking wet. Dude, Kyle was, Kyle was wild, too. It was kind of cold that game. There was people taking their shirts off. And Kyle was, like, down to his, <laughs> Kyle down to his boxers, yeah, yeah. like, down to his jean shorts. It's at that point, like, when it's that, it's raining literally sideways. I mean, your body's going to be wet whether you're clothed or not. So people were taking <laughs> their shirts off and stuff. That's one of my best memories of Tennessee football, and that's... Sad. Really? We still not lost Florida game. game? Not no, Florida I'm saying game one, one of my best, not the best. I'm Are you talking about like bad Vols memories? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got plenty of those. Bad Vols memories, that's all right. <laughs> well, let's make our predictions for the rest of the year for not Tennessee, but for, for the SEC overall. What are we going to see out of the SEC championship game? Is it going to be another Bama-Georgia matchup? Uh, what's up? Um, I think – Two things. I think it's probably going to be another Bama-Georgia matchup, which, I mean, is always a great matchup. I hope Georgia beats them yeah. this time. Um, Honestly, this is the first time I'm going for Fromm. Yeah, I mean, I usually go for Georgia in that matchup, and they always come close. But yeah. other thing is I think Bama and LSU is going to be one of the closer games this season. And I also think – Really? Yeah. Oh, my I, God. And I also yeah. think Bama-Auburn-Iron Bowl is going to be a hell of a game. Is it in Death Valley, or is it over at Brian Denny? Do we know? LSU? Yeah. Uh, I feel like they played at LSU last year. I'm going to say it's I'm, at Bama. I'm going to look I, it up. I think they quick. were at LSU last year, but other, uh, I got a little different perspective. I think Bo Nix is going to get eaten by Bama's defense. That kid's – That's true. I forgot about that. He's, yeah. not, he's not great. No, he's man. not horrible. He's not great, though. He's a true freshman, and he barely beat Oregon – Mostly because of their yeah, defense. But Oregon's pretty good, and, and Oregon's defense is good. And he just beat A and M in 
yeah, college station. That that is true, but that's not hard. After Jim, like I don't think Jimbo's done a good job with that program. I I don't know. I, don't I know. think I think once he gets all his players in there and he they they get settled, they could be good. But I hope I can say say the same thing about Pruitt. My today. dark horse is. If, have y'all watched the game at LSU this year? It's no. Joe Burrow has that team high flying. They've you know how LSU like is usually like run the ball, play in, insane defense, yeah. Yeah. can't throw. They finally have a quarterback the dude can <laughs> throw. I, Shoot, I think if Bama's not careful, that it could be LSU Georgia in the SEC championship. So they just played Vandy this Saturday, right? Yeah, and they put 60, 59 on them, something like that. I saw that, but correct me if I'm wrong. They also allowed Vandy to score like twenty four. Yeah, no, Vandy did put twenty four on them, which is concerning for usual LSU defense. But I mean, I'm not worried. It's early season, and. If they're putting 66 on to 38, 38, 66 to 38. I mean, Vandy scored 38 on him. That's just my only concern. That is true. But yeah, but at that point in time, if you're just churning and like your offense cannot like can or sorry, what am I trying to say? Your offense can't not score. Yeah, like I'm I'm not even that worried about my defense. Your defense defense has probably been on the field the entire game and going so fast. Yeah. And. If you can put 66 on an SEC defense, I don't care if it's Vandy. If you can put 66 on an SEC defense, like you're, you're insane offense. Like, yeah. I mean, that's still an SEC team. It's a wannabe an SEC, SEC team. team. That's not. <laughs> they're better than us. They're better than <laughs> us. <laughs> Arkansas, or Tennessee. Uh, speaking of, I was gonna say, did you guys see um, in Sunday Night Football, Odell came on, and you know they say their name in their college, and they keep uh, on yeah. going. And so uh, Odell went to LSU, for those of you who don't know. I assume if you're listening to the Training Camp podcast, you might know that. And so usually they go, you know, Jack Beard, Tennessee. And then they go on. And Odell, he goes, OBJ, I'm him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, what, dude? (laughs) Brain guy now that he's in boring Cleveland. I mean, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have a Bama-Georgia roundup, but who do you think they're going to meet in the playoffs? Do you, who are we seeing around college football that might be able to shove it? Um, Oregon, obviously. Uh, they're solid. I don't know if they're going to make the playoff. Um, the one thing I do hope is last year I was really disappointed when Bama and Georgia played in the SEC championship, and Georgia gave them a run for their money. Almost, they probably I think they had the lead in the fourth quarter. Alabama ended up squeaking it out. And Georgia didn't make it into the fourteen playoff. I mean, they lost to Bama barely in the oh, SEC. Yeah. That was last year. Yeah, yeah they got foot. If you are hanging with Bama until the last second of the fourth quarter, you're a top four team. You should be in. That's the only thing that made me mad last year. Um, but if you're talking playoff, I think it's going to be the Clemson, Bama, Georgia. The fourth one's probably up for grabs. What do you guys think? Let me let me just tell you this one thing about Georgia or about Oregon really quick is that you know after they lost to that season opener, Oregon Auburn, right. like. That's a tough. That's like almost like a playoff type game, especially when you're playing in like the primetime game in the first week. Like that's a big game. I agree. But after they lost to Auburn and Bonix really, really went off in that second half. But after that, listen to these scores: Oregon beat Nevada seventy-seven to six. Oh, it's Nevada. And then they go on to play Montana, beating them thirty-five to three. And then they go on to this week beating Oregon twenty-one to six. So after they gave up Wait, who'd 20... They, who'd they beat? Sorry, you said they beat... You're Stanford. Talking about Stanford. Stanford. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so after they gave up 27 points to Auburn, they gave up... Uh, what is that? 6, 12, 13. They gave up 15 points in the last three weeks. 
that's that's a great defense. I mean, that's a great football. defense. Yeah. But I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think they could be a dark horse for that fourth team playoff. Yeah, I get that, that fourth yeah. playoff team. So for sure. th- this is what sucks to, for me. It's like Clemson, pretty much, already has it locked in. Unless I mean, Clemson always has a close game. They almost drop every year. I know this was before Trevor Lawrence, but like. Every year I feel like they get surprised by one team and almost lose and pull it out. Mm-hmm. But besides that, they play nobody that's threatening. So I think Clemson locks a spot. Did we even talk about Oklahoma? Did we include Oklahoma in that? So I, I didn't say anything. I got oh Oklahoma coming up. Um, that's honestly my pick, Jalen Hurts. Alabama, we know it's – I mean, two, three, four is Alabama, Georgia, LSU. So I think a lot of that depends on the SEC championship and the rest of their season. But I figured probably two of them will be in – and then we'll either see an Ohio State or Oklahoma. Uh, another one like the past few years. But um, Ohio State has a huge test in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is legit this year. They just and killed Michigan. Yeah. Well, Michigan's – oh, Wisconsin killed Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michigan's dog – dog. Well, I mean, they're dog not – crap. <laughs> they were, what were they ranked? Like 18? I mean, they're not horrible. They're not great. But Oh, my God. But that's like saying that Florida's ranked 9 that's or true. 18 yeah. or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a Florida fan, don't even hope about the college football playoff. Y'all aren't good. Y'all suck. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they beat us. So. But with, <laughs> well, that's not hard. So, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that, My game I have circled is Wisconsin, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Let's look at their schedule. They have uh, Texas. That'll be a great game. That, that's always a great game. Sam Ellinger is a really good QB. Does that say 9 a.m.? What? No. That can, should that say 9 p.m.? No, it says 9 a.m. on here. <laughs> that cannot be right. Google, <laughs> fix it. Um, besides besides Texas, Oklahoma's got a pretty clear shot at running it, too. So it, it'll be an interesting year again. Same, how, same usual teams, though. How do you boys feel about – so I know the college football playoff committee, as long as we're on this topic um, – the college football playoff committee puts so much emphasis on these conference championships. Like oh I talked God. about last year, Georgia yeah. barely lost to Bama in the conference championship, which is dumb. Yeah. So I was going to say, do you like, do you, they put so much more emphasis on the conference championship than they do the first game of the season. How do you boys, I mean, wasn't the fourth team Notre Dame last year? Yeah. Who doesn't even have to play the conference championship. That, I hate that I independent know. thing. Like if you're not going to play actual teams, then you don't, you can't get in the playoff, but no, I agree it would have been a better playoff with Georgia, but it would have lined up another Alabama-Georgia matchup. It's like a round two again. You um, have to take strength of schedule into account. I, I am so sick of these, like, Pac-10, Pac-12-like teams just, like, running up scores on no-namers. Meanwhile, like, Tennessee, especially when you're, like, trying to be, a, like, an SEC team, you don't necessarily have, like, a high-powered offense like an Oklahoma, an Oregon, an Ohio State. But... I guess what I'm trying to say is that like our four game stretch when you go play all the SEC teams is nothing like when you go see like Pac-10, Pac-12 play. Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. We got every SEC team has to go through the middle season gauntlet of a schedule. God. Um, but would you guys rather see like um like a an Alabama or a Georgia go undefeated through the entire season mm-hmm. then lose in the SEC championship mm-hmm. like and then not make it in or would you rather mm-hmm. see like a middle tier team go undefeated and win their conference championship even though their strength of schedule is not as good like to me they put so much emphasis on the conference championship where if a really good team like georgia loses it barely then they're not going to make it in which i just don't like i definitely agree georgia also lost to lsu earlier that year i just looked it up i don't remember this uh they lost to lsu earlier that year 36 16 so i know from the college football playoffs perspective taking a two loss georgia over a 12 and 0 notre dame or 11 and 1 whatever they were 
is hard to justify, but they don't really play anybody. And the games they do play are like big names and who are not currently good. And we saw that this week and Georgia stomped them. Or not stomped them, I guess they beat them clean. But like, I just don't think, I would rather see Georgia be in there, but it's hard to justify record-wise. I could see that. I mean, I guess part of it, too, is just trying to keep these – keep one conference from dominating at all. I feel like you could easily say Florida – or not Florida. Jeez, not Florida. Uh, Bama, Georgia, even, like, LSU. I mean, like, there's there's three. And LSU is probably good, like you said, is going to yeah. be really good. I mean, right year. now we have three of the top four – top four – College football teams. I, I just really think the strength of schedule, and maybe they should even make like a new, a new, uh, you know, a new measurement where like you say top fifty schools or something like that. Because like I can't, I can't help but see like you know Ohio State playing these, playing these teams like Miami of Ohio and like IU or even like people in their own conference like Michigan State. Um, they're not like a bad team. They're not a good team. But when you see people like Ohio State running up on Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, like. They're not, you know. They're not Bama and Georgia. They're not Bama and Georgia. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long way to say what I was trying no, to say. No, I get what you're saying. I, you know? I 100% yeah. agree. But, yeah, it's, it is hard to justify, especially with four a four-team playoff. Well, if we're talking about geographic areas, I can't help but think uh, to talk about what is the worst geographic area to be a fan of. And... I, and I guess that's a, a very wordy way of putting uh, Vols and Titans suck. And is there a worse combo of a pro and college team that's worse than Tennessee? In one state? In one state. In one state or one area? Or like, we do? Or, or like a logical two teams that are like close to each other. Not like a, oh, I'm a... Br- like I'm like a Brown- Dolphins, Miami. Yeah, like, like no. Miami can't complain. Yeah, <laughs> Miami would smack UT. Um I just, well, that's what I'm saying. Like the geographic area, thing. yeah, yeah, like yeah. down, down, to like South Florida. Yeah, I don't know. Can we think of any? Um, I was looking at the map before with all like the NFL teams, like thinking about their closest college team, and I really, the only one that made me laugh, which this is completely joke, but Georgia and Fa- and the Falcons both blew championship games. Like, <laughs> I think they were in the same year too. Like, like that would suck, but I would trade to be in a championship game and lose oh, in the same year than agreed. be the Vols and the Titans in the past four, five, 10, 20 years. <laughs> Our whole lifetime. <laughs> Since the day I was born. No, but fans... You, you can't even complain about like a, like a, like a Houston and like Texas no, God type thing no. either. Yeah. Like, geez. Houston had a great year like two years ago when they had Herman and the Texans, they've, they haven't won a Super Bowl, but they've had way more success than we have. In the past couple of years. What was that tweet you showed me, Will? It was like, once QBs pass this state line, they just turned oh, to garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was like, an outline of the state of Tennessee. It was the border of Tennessee, yeah. That's, it seems to be true. Something's in the air. But Which brings us to our next point. Well, what let, were you going to say? Let's, uh, listeners, let us know in the comments of our Instagram or YouTube if you, think, if you can think of a worst two teams to be a fan of. Even if it's not the same geological area, let us know. Geographical? Geographical. Dude, yes, you've, had, yes. you've had a little bit of trouble with words today. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, also, while you guys are listening to this, pause this podcast right now and go give us a light or go give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow and like the podcast. And if you're on Apple, uh, go out to the training camp section of the podcast. Scroll down until you see the ratings and go throw us a five star. And a comment. I think I'm the only comment on there right now. <laughs> go, go and like say. I've been trying to think of a clever one. Go write a comment and say like, yeah, what Jack said. We don't <laughs> like having a comment like, on our own stuff. We anymore. don't like comment <laughs> on our own stuff anymore. But yeah, uh, while you're at this, while you're at this, uh, pause the podcast. Go and give us a rating, uh, and then we will welcome you back here in two seconds. Okay, now that you're back. <laughs> also, also we want we we want to start having guests on. So if y'all if anybody's in Knoxville and wants to be a guest, uh, send us a message. Tell us why you want to be a guest, and we want to start bringing some friends on, bringing some people on who have different perspectives, different NFL teams, different hockey teams. Send in a video application of why you think you deserve to be a guest on Training Camp. Uh, www can't <laughs> Training Camp podcast podcast backslash uh, casting. <laughs> Well, okay, now that we've talked about the worst geographical area, uh, by the way, we still need suggestions. Throw it in our Instagram. Um, Let's talk about our Titans QB, man. For the record, Marcus Mariota did not have a pick again uh, and still proved to me that he is awful. Sorry, that's very blunt, but come on, give it to me. Well, I'm letting you go first. That's your boy. All right, I'm... I still don't think I'm completely out on Marcus. He got, I mean, he got sacked nine times uh, in this in Thursday night. Um, I know we have a third-string right guard, and I know we have a backup left tackle, and, and I also know Marcus holds the ball too long sometimes and does not throw it. I think he's scared to make mistakes at this point. I think he's nervous, which is ridiculous. I've talked about that. Um, I don't think that jer- – I'm not going to be out on him until we miss the playoffs, which was – I guess another pop-up mailbag for us. We can all hit that real quick. Hit it real quick. What we got? What we got? Uh, we who's have it from, from who's it from? Jackson. Jackson Stubner. Yeah. No, no, no. Jackson Jarvis. Oh, Jackson Jarvis. We got to read Jackson Stubner's question later in the mailbag segment. But Jackson Jarvis, what you got all for right. us? We have. Will the Titans draft a QB this year if they don't make the playoffs with Mariota? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> we all just looked at each other. <laughs> uh, and for those of you who don't know, why this is a hard question to answer is because Marcus Marcus Mariota's contract is up at the end of the year. So we really have to make the big decision on, hey, do we spend the money on the dude or do we just say, hey, bye? But the problem with that is is that, you know, the quarterback class this year, um, you know, not great, but will we even get a chance to pick up one of these guys? That was my thing. I mean, hopefully – that question just says miss the playoffs. Really good question, but it's so dependent on what the record is. I guess if we go, in, y'all just want to say if we go another nine and seven and miss the playoffs by a game, like it's different than going like two and fourteen or something. Like we'll obviously get a quarterback then, but like if we have a solid season and miss the playoffs by a game or two, like I think it's probably time. I mean, I even think a nine and seven season's a disappointment, but at this point in our season. Um, it, it might be our ceiling. Um, but I think, yeah, if we miss the playoffs and we don't think we'll have a high enough draft pick, maybe franchise tag him. Well, it's, it's not even, it's not even about our record. It's about, I, I'd have to, I, it's hard to say. You have to watch the games. You have to see yeah. how he does. If he, this ba- is so if he tough. balls out, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. If he balls out and we don't make the playoffs, 
sign him. I think it's also hard because you're stuck between the question of QB draft class in college, money, and do we have... I mean, could we like ride with Tannehill and like a crappy backup if we don't even like Marcus for a year? You know, like if we wanted to try and go for a, a guy like uh, you know Trevor Lawrence. But at the same time, Fromm's gonna be Fromm's gonna be in the draft class this year. Um, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, uh, Jalen Hurts. Hey, dark horse Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason, <laughs> the next Matthew Stafford. I'll take him. Uh, what about um, Oregon's quarterback? Herbert. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Herbert. You just said yeah. But uh, honestly, what? What we were talking about, and we saw that this week with Kyle Allen, which isn't really a move on, but Daniel Jones, um, Lamar Jackson, plenty of more teams. Me and Griffin were watching something this week, and they were like, Coward. Oh, Coward, yeah. Uh, he said, Every team that's pulled the trigger and moved on to a young guy, they're all happy right now. They might not all be happy True. in two years, but Ky- Kyler, I mean, they're happy. They know it's going to take them a little bit, but yeah. like. And um, that was even a harder trigger to pull. Yeah, I mean that's that's a you're drafting a five ten at most guy and hiring a new head coach just for him and I don't know so this everybody else has been happy for moving on and just finally doing it but we'll see uh, it's it's too early to answer for me I, to answer your question I just yeah I mean I think it's a little too early and I what Steve Smith said on after Thursday night this game I mean. Yeah, they talked about how so much of this from Matt LaFleur's offensive coordinator carrying over to Arthur Smith. They talked, people all offseason talked about how the verbiage was going to be the same so Marcus wouldn't have to learn that much new information and that <sighs> stuff. But he's had five offensive coordinators in five years. Like, I don't want to make excuses for him because yeah, he's definitely right. missed throws. He makes mistakes just like any other player. But he's had five offensive coordinators in every season. Like, I just don't understand how anybody can be good when you're consistently changing the verbiage like a slant is called one thing one year and the next year it's called another thing it's and like it's called five foreign languages every like a slant a, a is called language. five different names in five years it's just it seems hard for him to be good in that situation yeah but yeah it just it's frustrating yeah i mean and earlier i was making the reference of why that was harder to pull the trigger because of uh you know josh rosen i mean they, they literally had him for what a year yeah before they, they pulled drafted the trigger him and, him. and drafted him and traded him real quick yeah i mean using him as trade bait i guess that's good but um man i mean whoa uh if you guys are watching on the uh on the on the youtube over there we each uh tv kind of flipped out here we go we're back training camp podcast <laughs> throw it up um yeah so i mean i think what you guys are really trying to to get at is like what do the titans do next and i just don't know if 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 the if the best decision in the world is to get mariota so um what's what's next on the docket guys uh do you want to talk about jameel yeah i'll give a shout out to jameel our third string right guard uh i, I know if y'all pay attention to pro football focus they give out like game grades for everybody on the field or like the important people on the field and i know it's one to 100 but i've never seen one this low our right guard Jamil Douglas had a 12.4 rating against the Jags <laughs> out of 100. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, dude. So it's like I've what, never seen a rating that low in my life. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're good. And it's like I know we have two put 100% better right guards than him uh, injured right now. And uh, Vrabel was talking about getting him back on the field this week and hopefully playing against uh, the Falcons. But I think when Taylor Lewan comes back and we don't have a 12.4 at right guard, hmm. hopefully Marcus feels more comfortable back there. Because I know he's not even like, I don't know. It's just like 
if you have no interceptions, it's like from the outside, someone say like, but he's taking oh, he's doing so good. many more no. sacks. Like, if you don't watch the games and you look at his stats, it's like, yeah, he's not throwing for a lot of yards, but he hasn't thrown a pick. But it's like he's not winning us games. He might not be losing us games by throwing picks, but he's just getting like he just holds onto the ball and gets sacked or. Throws well, yeah, a two-yard out on 3rd He was sacked nine times this past week. Yeah, it's bad. Nine times. And listen, I know the Jags have a, have a decent defense, but nine times. And I'm and let's just say that four of those or five of those were the O-line's fault. You're still getting sacked four or five times oh. because you're, you can't read the field or can't read the pocket or try and step up in the pocket and when there's no pocket there and then just get sacked. I know you can go off on that forever, Greg. I mean, yeah, I won't go off on it too bad. It's just so frustrating to me when I watch him. And, I mean, yes, the O-line, we got a third-string right guard in who had a 12.4 rating, all that jazz. Dennis Kelly's in at left tackle. The O-line's not fantastic, but some of these sacks that he's taking, it's so frustrating to watch because he literally will have – Three or four seconds, whole seconds to throw the ball, which in the NFL, <laughs> if you have three or four forever. seconds, yeah. like whole seconds, is forever. That's a long, t- you should be able to make a read and throw the ball, or yeah. if not, throw it away if no one's open. Yeah. But he'll have it for three to five seconds, and then he's looking around at the pocket thinking, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then <laughs> just takes a sack. Like, oh my gosh. He's got a, his pocket presence has, has to improve. I'm sorry, I'm getting heated. No, you're about good. This. One of y'all step in. But I, I saw a stat today. It said Aaron Rodgers in his career has thrown 38 touchdown passes when he said uh, that he's had the ball in the pocket for three or more seconds. And Marcus has had six seconds at times, and he's still getting sacked. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and, and guys, like, I was watching a, uh, a thing about Trevor Lawrence, too, and, like, him. I mean, I know his pocket is as good as it gets, but they're doing stuff like he takes, I think it takes him, like, two seconds from the snap of the ball to get it out. And he, I mean, that's like high. I mean, that's not that's not no pee wee football either. Like, I'm not saying it's the NFL, but I mean that he's playing against good teams, and he's reading the reading the field well. Yeah, it's I just like I agree, Marcus. How do you have a Heisman quarterback? He's responsible for a lot of the sacks. Yeah. How do you have a Heisman quarterback and not be able to do well after your fifth year in your money year? Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of it may be on the coaching. We're calling plays. We could get him some easier throws, but like you guys said. Fifth-year quarterback, you shouldn't have to be worrying about, oh, let's get him some easy throws to start the game. Like, it's his fifth year. <laughs> he should be able to make a 10-yard in or 10-yard out or something like that. But Will, uh, read me a mailbag question. Give me give me Stubner's question. There we go. I got to shout him out. He's been, he's been writing in. To, okay, no, we haven't talked about this. Uh, he said, bigger hot seat, Vrabel or Pruitt? We'll take about two minutes to answer this question. I don't know, man. I think it's – man, this is tough. Um, I think that it's tough to answer that question. Number one, because uh, Pruitt is still taking on heat from Butch Jones's era. And I think it's tough to argue Vrabel because there hasn't been consistent leadership in that front off in, and not in the front office on, on the sideline. So I, I don't know. I can't really, I can't really make anything out of that question. Stubner. I'm glad you realized that it's scary. The amount of, um, similarities between the Titans and the Vols right now. I don't think either of them are in the hot seat, but it is weird. They're both like, they're both kind of still teetering on the last coach's roster, the last coach's quarterback. Yeah, it's just kind of like a seesaw. Yeah, it's like, 
it's kind of like Big Brother. There's bigger targets in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, nobody's talking about the coaching. It's like people are talking about the line or the quarterback or the offensive coordinator. Like They're kind of like third or fourth back in the line right now, so they're kind yeah. of hiding behind bigger targets. And I think they're both fine. I think they're, gonna, I think they're both the guys for where they are. Um, so sorry to not really answer your question, but I would say neither. Great answer. Um, I think – if I had to pick one, I'm going to say Pruitt. But I think, like y'all said, it's tough to tell. They're both just so young, and there's other things to look at. But if I have to pick one, I'm going to say Pruitt because there's been multiple times the Cleveland game for the Titans this season, the Patriots game for the Titans last season. Eagles. Eagles game for Is the there... Titans last season. We got a big win, but I think a lot of times those big wins come by how well the game – you can tell that Vrabel instilled the game plan – the week before mm-hmm. because there's been multiple times we've had O-linemen out, mm-hmm. we've had Marcus out, we've had other people out, and we find a way to game plan around it and put our players in the best positions and we go out and get the win. That hasn't happened the past two weeks. I understand that. but I, I think- also think that it has to do to – sorry to cut you off. You're good. Um, I think it also has to do with as soon as the Titans have a big offensive game where everything starts clicking, we'll be able to make a judgment on that a little bit easier. I think, uh, for example, uh, you know, the Vols haven't had a really like outstanding offensive game yet. I mean, maybe you can consider Chattanooga that. I mean, we shut them out for, I mean, what was it, 45 nothing? Yeah. No. But no. (laughs) Right. But. I, I think as soon as the Titans have a, a really good offensive game where we face a good defensive scheme and we actually like make good plays based on the uh, based on whatever's out on the field, I think we'll be able to answer that question a lot better. I mean, Arthur Smith isn't doing us any favors, but I don't think it's Vrabel's fault. I, I think we're gonna stuff's gonna start clicking between Arthur Smith, Mariota, healthy line. And Let's I hope so. I think we're gonna turn it on like. It, it's a long season. Two losses in an NFL season is not the end of the world. We're going to be all right. We're going to win the division. I'm going to win $390. Will's going through the four, sta- four stages of Titans fandom. <laughs> Pissed off after the game. Realize your are seasons. You, are you going to have that like phase of dyslexia that you did the, the beginning of the podcast? Yeah, where you're like, hey, man, 9-3. and three. No, I'm sorry. I meant 3-9. and nine. <laughs> Will's going through the pissed off after we lose thinking uh it could be better than thinking oh we can get the win and now thinking oh we're going to the super bowl again yeah then just to get disappointed the next week i hope not but i'm still well, fe- i'm still feeling 10 and 6 let's talk about some hopeful feelings for the coming season uh 10 days away griffin what are we so psyched for right now let's go preds boys mm-hmm. The one team in Tennessee that will not disappoint us, hopefully, this season. Hopefully, won't disappoint us. Knock on everyone. Knock on I apologize. Superstitious. Hey, knock on one of you with me, baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, boys, the Pred season 10 days away. Jack, if you want to keep going on that. Um, I mean, it's looking good. Predators, 10 days away. Picked up our weak link. Uh, Duchesne's filling in. Cut PK Subban. Uh, all is good in the world. And. Preds are one get, uh, 10 days away, and Duchesne really showing us early that he can get stuff done, and you all want to elaborate. Yeah, I don't know if you boys, the last preseason game wasn't tele- televised, uh, so we didn't get to see the highlights, but I was keeping up with it on Twitter, if you guys were keeping up with it. Um, some of my family was at the game. Preds got the win against the Lightning 5-4 to four in overtime, and Duchesne actually scored the game-tying goal in regulation with three seconds left, and then it was Rem Pitlick, one of the young prospects that we have. Young. Yeah, sticking in the overtime winner. Um, 
amazing to see Duchesne get the goal with three seconds left. Hopefully that can transfer into regular the season. The dude wants to be here. Yeah, dude. He I'm, loves it. I agree. I don't, you guys can start going about this, but I was watching Duchesne's interview talking about the crowd, and if you guys saw pictures on Twitter of the crowd, um, it was pretty much sold out. That's what it looked like to me, but – and Duchesne in his post-game interview talked about how it was the biggest preseason crowd he's ever seen in his life, probably by double. But you guys go ahead on that. I mean, I'm not going to say too much into it because it's still the preseason, and I want to kind of uh, let the season kind of go on. I think we'll be able to really understand how the Preds are doing after those first five games. I think those first five games are huge. So we'll, we'll pick it up. But keeping it on the Preds, I want to hear from both of you. The three things that the Predators need to do in order to go back to the playoffs this year and to stay consistent in the playoffs. Willer Griffin, hit me with the three things that the Preds need to do, and I'll wrap it up. Well, obviously, number one, the power play. We've Ooh. we've seen the potential line. I love the potential line with uh, Jofa, Duchesne, and Roman, uh, four forwards and a defenseman. I like that. Second thing, I think we need to shuffle around um, our – Top six forwards early. Find who works the best together. Um, find out what lines have the best chemistry and really get them playing together for a solid stretch of the season. And, I mean, with hockey, I think we got to get hot at the right time. Yeah. I mean, it's the NHL. Anybody could win if they're hot uh, late. I think we saw that last year a good bit. I feel uh, like Terry Crisp right now. What are your top three things? That you- <laughs> the forward keys to the game. The forward keys and to the game. All you bump. I mean, you took the words literally right out of my mouth. No, you're so right. I'll, I completely agree with all three of those things you said. Power play has to, I mean, last in the league. When you look at our roster on paper, the power play should be top in the top of the league or at least middle tier of the league, not last. Um, but if I had to pick three, I'm going to say when we get to the playoffs, hopefully we do, Pekka, has got to have a good playoffs. Past two seasons, his playoffs have not been too hot. He definitely can do it, we've seen. Um, two, I'm going to say, I'm kind of talking to individual guys here. I think Turris has got to step up. Yep. Uh, last year, Turris, I mean, we brought him in to be a goal scorer. He did not do that for sure. Yep. Um, we brought in Duchesne now. And then three, I'm kind of piggybacking off Will's second one. I'd love to see the top six get shuffled around a little bit. I know Jofa, we know... Johansson, Forsberg, Arvidsson, the Jofa line has chemistry. Let's figure out who Duchesne works well with. If you got to switch up Jofa, go for it, whatever does best. But, I mean, see who has chemistry and don't just say Jofa has to be together. See who has the best chemistry. I think we can do it. <laughs> Dude, you, I was like, there's no way they're going to say this. But, no, my, that, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think that after this last season, you cannot assume that Jofa is just this cement line anymore. I think if you're Lava, you got to be uh, aware that your guys, your top six forwards, like they're good, and so are your centers now. Don't be afraid to switch them up. If you want to put Duchesne on that first line and throw Joey back, or if you want to put Forsberg, keep Forsberg on that second line, but take RV down to second, like you really got to shuffle around your forwards and your centers and find lines that work. Find a new Jofa, honestly. I, I am not opposed to Jofa working with each other still, but I think that you got to find what's best for the team, and that might not be Jofa. But I think you also have to stay healthy. 
I think the first first one was you got to shuffle around and make the lines new. I think you got to start from scratch. Number two, I think you got to stay healthy. That means Pekka. That means our DMN. That means our, our forwards. That means our centers. You got to stay healthy throughout the center. And number three, I think what you saw when, especially when we made the playoff run, is that you have to have young guys step up in the right times too. I mean, you saw that with Sissons. Sissons in the Ducks series in the playoffs last year. Goudreau. Goudreau. Freddie G. Freddie G stepping up. I think you got to have those guys uh, step up as well. Well, guys, uh, we're wrapping up this podcast. You guys have anything else to say? Uh, last second thoughts and uh, maybe a shout out or two. I don't know. Hit me up. I'll just say we appreciate all the listeners. Thank you guys for all the feedback. I know we keep saying this, but shoot us some questions. Shoot us your feedback. Watch our video on YouTube. This is the first podcast that is being recorded. Thank you to everybody listening. We appreciate all your support. Thanks. Will. Yeah, ask us anything. Anything. I know a lot of girls don't want to hear us talk about sports all the time, and we've gotten a lot of... Sports-related questions. I, yeah, and a lot of girls saying, I would listen, but it's just all about sports, and I don't, don't really follow sports so much. Ask us anything. We'll answer. Three True, honest man. college men's advice. We got you. Hey. It can only go well, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Natty Eyes. Sponsor me. Oh, man. You took the words right out of my mouth. But, guys, again, uh, rate this podcast. If you guys are listening on Spotify, go hit us up with that follow. If you're listening on Apple, go rate us five stars. Uh, y'all, last week we said, hey, we crossed the 200 viewer threshold. And I just want to thank you guys so much because at the time of this podcast getting recorded, we've hit 272 plays. We like almost like 50% increase. Is that right? 50%? Uh, yeah, yeah. We gained 72. We gained 72 yeah, over 200. It's like, it's like, it's like 30. That's a little shy of 50. It's like, it's a little shy of 50. It's like, it's like 40. Come on. Uh, but Hey, like 72 plays in a week. Like we appreciate y'all so much. Uh, this has been like something that we really didn't really think was going to go all that far. And then, I mean, we're recording almost five hours worth of podcasting. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Will, who is your sponsor? One day, Natty Ice. Griffin, who are you shouting out? I'm shouting out Spicklin, Spittin' Chicklets podcast. They actually just had Roman Yossi on the most recent podcast, so all you Preds fans, go listen to it. Y'all, thanks for listening. It's your boy, Jaybeard. You can find me on Instagram at the underscore Jaybeard. Hit Will up at, at It's Will's World with two Ds on the end. And Griffin at GBump17. There you go. Hey, I got it right for the first time. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching. Peace. We'll see thanks. you next time. See ya. And see ya.